welcome back to Navigating Motherhood. I'm super excited to have a former boss and now friend with me tonight. Her name's Emily Hayden. Emily, say hey. Hey. I'm super excited to have her on because when we were, when I was working at the WISE, the group fitness coordinator, um, Emily got me on track organized WISE. Like I'm so much more organized in my life just because she helped me get organized in my job. So um, we were talking and she's been working on work-life balance. And so I was like, this is perfect because there's lots of moms that are working full-time moms because they enjoy it. And so, but just how do you like, how do you balance all that? Because you want to be, have energy for your kids and your husband, but also you want to give your 100% at your job. And so figuring out how to do all that is kind of tricky. So we were talking and she shared some really great like tips and ideas. So I just thought I'd have her on to share them with us tonight. So Emily, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Um, I think like all of us, I'm no expert by any means, but can certainly share my experience. Um, I'm in my mid-30s, which feels a little bit weird. I've got two young kids, a husband. Um, Abby is three now. Jackson is five. Um, so we're really just now getting into like the school routines, which I found is a whole new ball game with being a working mom. Um, and wanting to be present for all the things, but also having obligations at work. I work full-time at the Y as a senior exec of wellness and marketing, um, which, you know, in the midst of new school has come a new job title and new responsibilities. And it's a lot. I, I can't say that it's all sunshine and roses, but, um, I'm there for a reason. And I, I really have passion for what I do. And I know that, I'm a better mom because I have that outlet too. And that has been really hard to come to terms with. Um, my sister is a full-time stay-at-home mom. She homeschools her kids. And so it's quite the absolute opposite as myself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, comparison is the thief of joy. And you've got to be very, very cautious of just identifying yourself in a way that compares with someone else. Um, because I truly, I mean, I see myself even on extended weekends running short on temper. And it's not that I don't love my kids. I absolutely do. But what fuels and energizes me is serving others. And I, I serve my kids all day long, but I, I need to serve others too and, and fill all the different cups. Um, and I can't ever say there's been a, a single time where everything's been perfect. But I do strive to juggle all those balls at the same time. Yeah, I don't think anybody's perfect. We were just, before we started, we were just saying, like, <laughs> we don't know what we're talking about, but we're going to share what what kind of works for us, and hopefully it helps somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as I listen to podcasts, you know, not every one piece of any podcast totally resonates. But if I can take pieces here and there and apply those to my life and live by those mottos, it helps. Um, but probably for me, at least the two biggest triggers that are negative are comparison and guilt and mom guilt's real. I mean, it, yeah. and it rides hard and it comes in so many different forms, whether you lose your temper with your kids or you feel like you're missing out on something or you're not, serving them the best dinner they need to have. I mean, it, 
it literally sits in our minds all day long. And a lot of the work that I do at the Y is helping others kind of frame their mindset around healthy living and not being a victim of our choices and having a positive outlook. And so honestly, a lot of what I share in the way of healthy living with the people that I work with, I've applied that same concept as a mom and how, you know, if I spend all my time comparing myself to others and thinking I'm going to be like them or I should be like them, should is a really bad word in my brain. Um, then I spend more time in that guilt stage than really focusing on what it is that's going to make me the best version of myself, both as a mom, as a wife and as an employee and as just a servant in the community. So, yeah, yeah. no comparison. I feel that too. I'm like, man, this person, like, it looks like on the outside that they have like all their stuff together, but in reality, they look at you and think the same thing. Oh yeah. That's the funny thing. Like, I have a friend that's always like, how do you have it all together? I'm like, you have a nine-month-old. When I had a nine-month-old, I didn't have it all together. And I don't now. But, like, I was thinking the same thing. Like, every stage is hard and is every stage is different. And even though you might think someone has it all together, there there's parts that slack. Because you just can't be 100% in everything. Like, Oh, yeah. I might be super like I love to be out with Ellie. We're out doing things. Is my house always clean? Absolutely not. Because I like let mm-hmm. my house slide because we're out doing things. And so it's just like you're picking, you're picking, you're prioritizing what you want to be good at. Like I'm going to be a good stay at home mom and I'm going to cook meals, but my house will most likely be a disaster. And that's fine. <laughs> yes. You have to pick which ones that you're going to be good at. You can't be good at it all. No, I mean, we can't fit everything in there. That reminds me like of an analogy. I can't remember where I learned it, but just a jar and identifying your biggest priorities as the biggest rocks in the jar. And then, you know, the smaller things in life or those smaller pebbles and how you've got to really strategize how you fill that jar. You know, if you just throw all the rocks in haphazardly, some are going to fit and some are not. But if you put the big rocks in first, you know, meaning those first priorities take precedent over anything else and you make sure that those are established and in place, then all those little gravel rocks can kind of fill in the holes. And that I feel like is the only piece or the biggest piece that's allowed me to balance all of those things. Um, I know I was formerly an educator and I really struggled leaving work undone. I struggled. If the quizzes aren't fully graded or lessons weren't fully prepared for tomorrow, I'd stay till nine o'clock at night. Now that was before kids and husbands. I had that flexibility, but it was quite, quite an adjustment moving to the Y where first of all, school ended three o'clock. The Y is open till o'clock. So anything can happen at any time, always being on call, but also, um, you know, in the meantime, having other priorities at home that were a bigger priority priority to me. I still needed work. It was a priority, but my home was top priority, being present for my kids. And so I just kind of realized that like when any of those priorities were out of whack or when those big rocks weren't fitting into my jar, nothing was fitting into my jar. Like I, I wasn't then a good employee. I wasn't a good friend. I wasn't a good spouse. And all those things, I realized that if I don't have boundaries around those big, big rocks, none of it ends up falling into place. Um, And is that always easy? Nope. You know, by all means, it's not. 
But yeah. I can tell when I'm starting to get off balance, if I'm losing my temper at home or I'm not having patience at work, I'm not productive or, um, you know, whatever that might be, then I realize, okay, I need to figure out what are my priorities in life and why am I feeling off balance right now? That happens to me a ton in January through March, as you would imagine, would be kind of a busy season for a wellness person. And, oh, yeah. you know, I, I say all the time, it was my fault for letting those boundaries get out of place. It was. That was a choice that I made. Um, gosh, I hope I can remember. It's from Brene Brown. I think it's her living big model, which is um, what boundaries do I need to have in place to be in my integrity, to be generous towards others? So meaning what boundaries do I need to have so that I'm in my character, I'm who I need to be, I'm, I'm loyal, I'm respectful, you know, whatever that is, to be generous towards meaning assuming the best in other people and I realized that I was when I was work more than I wanted to and missing out on things at home then I was resentful and that made me assume the worst in other people and that I was a victim in situations and so it helped me that you know my reactions to things or my shortcomings or what i view as shortcomings is not a fault of any one person it's i've got to realign myself and i've got to figure out okay if work is expecting me to work weekends and late then how am i going to prioritize taking time off to be with my kids it's a whole new thing now that jack's in school because i can't just take a friday yeah. off and say hey kids let's go um so we're still you know navigating that shift yeah. But, um, you know, when he has a Christmas party or a Halloween party in class, I do my best to shift any meetings that I have and make it a priority to be there. Now, the tricky part would be if you don't have a career that allows you that flexibility. And I would say, then again, you've got to weigh your priorities. You know, is, yeah. is there another job out there that allows that flexibility? Or, um, you know, is there something still within your passion? Like I know for you, for example, you found a way to make it work. And was it easy? Yeah. Sure. I'm, I would know it wasn't, or I would bet that it was, um, you know, I bet there yeah. was uncertainty. I bet there were really trying times, but you prioritize it. And I think that even yeah. though it was maybe difficult, you had your eyes on the prize, knowing that even though this is uncomfortable, this is a higher priority to me being home with my child. Um, and so I think whether you're working or yeah. you're at home or you're part-time or whatever that is, you've just got to find whatever your priority is, whatever your boundary is and stick with it and know that in the end it's going to shake out and stay persistent with that. Um, but if you expect everything to be easy, it's not going to happen that way. Probably one of my biggest tips for my husband, which I get laughed at a lot, but <laughs> within our first probably six years, six months of marriage, he said, Emily, you just need to lower your expectations. And I literally had the laughed at the time, but honestly, it's so true. Like we, when we go in with these high expectations, we're consistently disappointed and then we become negative. We feel as if we're yeah. the victim versus coming in with the approach of lower expectations. And it's certainly a balance, you know, you don't want to cut anything or anybody short, but it's helped me to realize that the things that are important, making those important Versus if it's not really important, then it can't ruin my mood. It can't impact the way yeah. I parent my children. It can't get away from intimacy with my husband or, you know, whatever that is. You've, you've got to prioritize those big things. Yeah. Um, you kind of brought up, like, because I did leave the Y 
shortly after I had Ellie, I went back and she rolled over and I missed it for the first time. And I was like, and so the thing, the thing with me is that I had a part-time position already. Like I really wasn't established in a career yet because I had just graduated college, but also was pregnant. So I, I always wonder, like, I think that worked out for the better. Like God knew what he was doing because I really like now feel drawn to be a stay at home mom. I mean, I, I do work. Like I work at the Y for the, um, I teach two, two classes and I sell Arbon and I sub once a week at the school. So it's like, I really am not a full time stay at home mom because I'm making moves, but I'm making these moves because it's still a priority that I'm a stay at home mom for the most of Ellie's day. Um, but also we need money. Like I have to make it happen. Like mm-hmm. we, we have to, we need that extra cash flow to just kind of get the bills paid. And so, like you said, like you're making it happen, but you're still keeping your priority of, I want to be home most of the time with Ellie. So I teach the classes in the evening. Ellie goes to child watch for two hours and I teach the classes in the evening. I sub once a week at the school, which I love. And Ellie gets extra time with her grandma, with her Nona, which Mm -hmm. is healthy. We have a space time away from each other, which is healthy. And then I get to be a person and not just mom. Like I get to be also a teacher, which mm-hmm. is super fun. And I love kids. So it works out. Um, but I, I found things to do to make it work. So I filled my little pebbles around my big, my big rock. It's kind of like yeah. how I'm thinking of your analogy for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, Another kind of side note, I feel like, so you mentioned Ellie spends her time with her grandma and finding the benefit in that. I think, again, instead of living in the guilt of I should be with her, finding that this space is not only beneficial for me, but it's beneficial for her. It's beneficial for her grandma, like all of those things. I I know that's been hard for me. Like I got Jackson off the bus for the first time last week. And that was hard for me to admit. However, my mother-in-law has been able to pick him up. My husband's been able to pick him up and be able to acknowledge that it's important for him to have people other than me doing these special things with him. I I mean, I have a huge fear of missing out. Like I, I, I don't want to miss out on anything. And that is what's helped me realize I have got to prioritize things because I can't be at work 100% of the time. I can't be with my friends 100% of the time, be with my husband and my kids all at the same time. I've got to really be able to say no to friends and know that, man, it sucks. I'm missing out on this fun wine night. But you know what? My kids are more of a priority and I, I miss them. Or a lot of times, like I will take time off of work to be just with my kids to acknowledge that it's okay to choose my kids over work and and kind of have that balance because most of the time of course I've got to go to work your typical you know eight to four or whatever that is but um, I think definitely focusing on the positive when you don't have room to, to negotiate those pebbles and how they're falling at the time to really help yourself focus on the benefit of that distance or the benefit of your child being able to bond with somebody else um, I know for yeah. me, it's hard for me to acknowledge that my kids spend the primary part of their day with a daycare provider, you know, somebody that I, it's not their mom, but right. they're authority, they're learning manners, they're learning how to fit into society, which is something 
something that could be a culture shock when they get into kindergarten. Um, so just reminding right. myself of benefits and knowing that, you know what, if my pebbles change in shape over time and work becomes smaller, I can always make the choice to go part-time or to go somewhere else or to yeah. be full stay at home if I I choose. Um, but, you know, and I, I've had to remind myself, but for the time being, because I hear a lot of people say, oh gosh, while they're young, you know, be sure to stay at home. You know, I feel like I don't want to miss their sporting events. I want to be, when they're going to practices, yeah. evenings on end, that's the time that I feel like I'm going to want to be accessible to them. Um, so holding out for that day, if it comes, if I feel like that trigger's ready and, and make the choice again at the why. I feel like they're relatively flexible and will work with us. Not all, not all jobs are that way, but put yourself in yeah. a position best you can to, to make it work for everybody. Yeah. I would say like, um, finding like, if you are going to like mom and you're really like into the mom, like being a mom, like that's like what we're saying is like, we don't want to miss out. Finding a flexible workplace is super, super important and finding a workplace that is like going to force you to do your work-life balance is super important because if you're being told, well, you can't take off, like you need to be here. You need to be here. You need to be here. It's like, well, actually I don't have to be here, but mm -hmm. I do need to spend time with my kids because I've been here for 12 hours the last four days. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like I need, I need to go. So I will see you later. But like, yeah, finding that flexible work environment i feel like it's getting better like i feel like yeah. this in this world i feel like moms have been saying you know what you're sol i'm going home or i i don't know what else to do this is the decision i'm making and i think that workplaces have been better about that about being just more flexible yeah covid has certainly helped i mean at least that yeah. was COVID transition too. yeah with the why um but yeah, absolutely. I mean, surrounding yourself with others who respect your boundaries is something that's really important. Um, and that's something that, you know, our CEO at the Y really is, he values family time. He was raised that way. He values it for his own family. And being able to have him to lean on on times when I knew I was out of balance and didn't just needed somebody to say it's okay to take a day off. Um, had I been under somebody else or had I not had that person to lean on, I think I would have a different outlook now. So certainly surrounding yourself around others, whether that's friend or hopefully peers or supervisors at work that can help foster and respect those boundaries. But also, like you said, putting yourself in a position of a company that has the same values as you do. And that goes beyond prioritizing family. I mean, you want to be yeah. within a company that you share values with. Otherwise it is going to feel like a grind. It's going to feel like yeah. work instead of a career yeah. instead of serving others or, you know, whatever your passion is. So, you know, I've been blessed with that opportunity and I can't imagine if I were in a different field, how I would navigate that if I didn't feel like my work was of value to me. Like, I think I would have a lot harder time, but at this point, when I go to work, you know, I, I care about my kids and I'm checking in, checking all the dojo apps and all these things to make yeah. sure they're having a good day. But overall yeah. I'm occupied with my work because I'm passionate about it and I, I enjoy yeah. what I do. So if you, gosh, if you don't enjoy it, no amount of money in my mind is worth it. But that flexible schedule, like you mentioned, is invaluable to me. Uh, I would 
take a 50% pay cut just to continue to have that flexible schedule because my kids are more important than any extra money at that point. Absolutely. I was talking to this, um, this mom had reached out and was like, how did you make the decision to be a stay at home mom? And I said, well, and like, I always start with, I really was not established in a career. So I'm not, I wasn't giving up something that I really was known for, in my opinion. Like, I'm not saying I wasn't good at what I was doing, but, and I didn't love it, but I don't know. To me, it was, it was a brainless decision or easy decision Mm -hmm. um, because I didn't feel, I felt more towards torn to be home than I was to be like at a like eight to five job. And so I just started with that. I said, you know, like if you are at your job and you enjoy your job, then you should stay at your job because Mm -hmm. that's who you are as a person too. You know, like you are as much as a mom as you are your, your whatever job you're in. And, but I said, so how are you feeling when you're at work? Like, how do you feel? And she's like, literally all I can think about are my kids. I'm always checking on them. I literally like just think of everything I could be doing if I could just be home and I think about like all this money is going to childcare. I literally bring home a hundred dollars and that's it. My paycheck mm-hmm. in a month. And I'm like, quit your job. You're yeah. quit. If you don't like it and you're only bringing home a hundred dollars, you can save a hundred dollars somewhere else. You yeah. just need a budget. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Budget your money. And you, so I just said, no, like this is me telling you, you can leave your job. <laughs> Not that I am your. Like, I'm not trying, not that I'm like a good, like good advice person for you to come to, but I'm just saying as a mom, you need to leave your job because you don't enjoy it and you aren't not making a difference in your income as a family in reality. And there would be ways if parts of it are identity focused or needing something outside the home to be part of, you can find those avenues on a part-time setting and make it fit within your realm versus leaning on the career in that instance and not that it's near as big of a pebble but for that employer too I mean you're providing no benefit on both ends if your brain is at home but your body's at work so you're neither serving your family nor your career and therefore there's a double negative and just top out you know and again there will might maybe times of uncertainty where, you know, you transition. I do fear that if I were at home, I would lose some identity. I'm naturally an introvert too, so I feel like while I like to be on the go with my kid with my kids, I wouldn't be one to generate groups or be a part of, you know, a mops group like my sister is. Like that's just not my yeah. jam. Which hey, for those that do, I I I love those types. I love a good mom group. Hey, you know what? And there are times where I need a good mom vent and just to be able to relate. But I feel like, and that's just me and that's my personality. And that's why don't compare yourself to others because we're all made differently. I mean, for those of us who are faith-based, I think we trust that God put us on this earth for a variety of purposes. And as long as we're tuning in um, to how we feel, like for that mom, I mean, yeah. I feel like that's God whispering pretty loudly. You need to be yeah. at home, at least for a period yeah. of time to figure out what that balance is going to be. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, my other mom friend, she has a full-time job and she loves her job. She, I mean, she just thrives and then she gets home and her kids are home and then she does the home stuff. 
And it's great. And I'm like, I love that for you. I love that you love your job. And I love that you come home and you're able to be the best mom to your kids, you know, and you enjoy what you do. And that's, I love when people or moms put themselves in a way, putting themselves first Mm -hmm. in order to give the best service to everybody. True. Yeah. And I think as moms, we have guilt for putting ourselves first. But again, that's like a, one of those, again, where you look at the bright side, like the instance of Ellie spending time with her grandma, the bright side of that is we get to spend quality time and you get your own identity. No different here is, is we want to demonstrate that for our kids, for them to acknowledge your feelings, prioritize themselves and have boundaries. Like I know, especially for my daughter, I want her to advocate for herself. I want her to learn that she needs to ask for what she needs to keep herself in her frame. And so that's another example of looking on the bright side. When we prioritize ourselves, we're teaching our kids to prioritize themselves, which is something that as they age, we want them to have maybe not necessarily that type of willpower as a child, but you know, for no, example, I love that. I never thought of it yeah. that way. Ever. Oh yeah. I think of it that way yeah. a lot with my workouts because I feel on weekends, I feel guilty for taking that time for myself, but I know my husband can attest to this, that I am a much happier person. If I, in it, I just need 30 minutes and Sometimes I'm okay with them being in that area with me. Like we have a workout station in our basement. So sometimes they can be playing alongside and I feel really good knowing that I'm not completely missing out on things. And sometimes like I need to be able to be in my zone and not worry about kids fighting. And, you know, I have taught, I feel like my kids that even though this isn't me time actively playing with you, that maybe a mom feels like they should do, I'm prioritizing my health, I'm prioritizing my mental health, and that's important too. And I want them to find those avenues to prioritize and and have boundaries for themselves. So that's another way to kind of reframe yourself and realizing the benefit in everything is we're modeling so much for our kids that we don't even realize. Um, And I want my kids to advocate for whatever they need, whether that's working part-time or full-time, whether that's going to college or doing apprenticeship, you know, whatever it is that's going to fill their cup and keep all those cups as full as possible is what I want them to do. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? Like the little things we do now are teaching them such big life lessons later. Yeah. Like that's the overwhelming thing. <laughs> a little makes you a little reflect a little bit, like, okay. Do I self-regulate yeah. well teaching her how to self-regulate well? Or yeah. <laughs> just like I find that so Caddy knows this. I'm redheaded and my two kids are redheaded. So we're kind of temper-based people. And I mean, I I'm a very calm, typically soft parenting style until I'm not. And when I'm not, it is everything. It's pretty intense. And, you know, I have a lot of guilt in those instances because I lose control and um, never physically hit my child, but my voice will get raised and I will lose my temper. And I've learned that as much as I have guilt over that instance, me going and apologizing to my child, acknowledging that I had lost control and that I needed to regain control, knowing and, and modeling for them that we're not always perfect. 
again, I've tried to reframe my brain of even though I feel like this was a mistake, I'm teaching them that mistakes happen and we need to face them, first of all, and that we need to acknowledge them and apologize for them and learn from them. And yeah, as much as it pains me to be wrong, I'm teaching my child that being wrong happens. We just got to face it. Uh, Yeah, I'm first one to say, nope. Well, I guess I messed up. Um, I'm really good at saying, which honestly probably isn't the best thing. Like, sometimes I probably say sorry when I don't, don't really need to say sorry. Um, <laughs> but I think that I probably could, I could definitely be better about apologizing to Ellie. Like I saw that. Someone's like, if when you apologize to your kid, then they're going to learn how to apologize as well, mm-hmm. which is super. Some kids and people and adults don't know how to say sorry. Like, they don't know how to apologize without saying but. And so <laughs> I think when I lose my temper, I could be better about saying, like, mommy lost her temper. Mommy got really mad. And I'm sorry I should not have yelled. And I don't, I always, like, hug her and console her. But I don't know if I can't, I don't know if I say, like, I don't know if I go through the steps. And I think that now that she's almost three, like, it's important that I start using my words mm-hmm. and say yeah, like, like i'm sorry what <laughs> kids to use their words i say that all the time use your words <laughs> i know and i'm over here like banging walls and slamming doors <laughs> and she's probably like what the heck is wrong with her but like you said mistakes happen and apologizing saying i lost it now, if you get mad at your kid because your kid's like doing something that's not right, I don't think we necessarily have to say sorry for being like, "Hey, that's enough." You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But but different. it also that's not the same. If we are, you lose your control, yeah. And if we are, you know, losing our temper again and modeling for them that you know what I think I lost my temper because I was overwhelmed at work, or you know, helping them connect it to the trigger so that they can write recognize that self-regulation and those boundaries once again you know i've found that if something happens at work i have got to find a way on my drive home to get that disconnected from my brain or it will come out somehow in the evening and when it does i can say you know what mommy had a stressful day at work she shouldn't have taken it out on you and so i'm acknowledging that and i'm finding a way to put my rocks back in place um so yeah there's so many components to it yeah, I didn't even, that's hard to, like, try to leave work at work when you come home. Yeah, it is hard. I've tried a lot of different things, and I don't, can't say I'm ever perfect at it. Probably when I was at my best, I had a do not disturb time frame on my phone, um, which, like, between eight, I think it was five and eight, it would tell me, like, your phone's on do not disturb. And even though I could get on and check my email or whatever, I, yeah. It was a reminder that, hey, I've made this commitment to be disconnected from my device while I'm at home. Um, I certainly don't have push notifications on my emails anymore. I um, So for me to to know that there's an email, I've got to consciously go into the app and, and check it. So I think there's a lot of ways that you can try to help not have that accessibility at home, depending on your career. I mean, for some cases their building's closed and they literally don't have to worry about it. And that is right. helpful. But right. for others where you're kind of on call all the time, um, yeah. 
that's a priority to you, I think you can, there's so many settings on our phone anymore. I was even just, I run a diabetes prevention group and we were talking about sedentary time and how we can get lost in the endless scroll through social media. And I said, has anybody looked through the settings on their phone? I mean, there's a lot of different time limits that we can set for our kids. I'm sure that we as adults could utilize that too. It's not just for kids. Yeah, those are boundaries. I only want to spend this amount of time on my device so that I can focus on other things. Um, We started to do that a little bit with Jack. Like I'll tell him, okay, you have 30 minutes until bedtime. How do you want to spend your time? And he has to choose ahead of time. I want to watch screens. Okay, well, how much of your 30 minutes do you want? Well, I still want to play football. So I'll do 10 minutes of screens and 20 minutes of football. That makes it a heck of a lot easier to get him to close that screen up after 10 minutes because I'll say, but you chose that you wanted this time for football and I don't want you to miss out on that. Um, that was something I had read somewhere too. And I'm sure the frame where that works and doesn't work. I mean, there's got to be some level of comprehension there. But I feel like now as he's aged into right. five, he's starting to realize that those boundaries, like where he yeah. wants to spend his time and because we can all yeah. get lost in screens forever. Oh, absolutely. That's awesome. That's a great, that's a great tool. Yeah. That's, I'm so glad you shared that. I'm it's definitely going to look through my phone and put on, because sometimes as I stay, like if I'm home, sometimes like in the mornings, we are eat our breakfast, Ellie gets some cartoons, and I'm going to catch up on just what's going on in the morning on my phone, which is all normal and all fine. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, how long have I been sitting here just nonsense it's not even like helping my day it's not mm-hmm. help it's not even some of the stuff that i'm looking at it's not even making me a better person mm-hmm. and so i'm like okay we gotta that's why we leave the house first thing in the morning our downtime is later when we wake up we eat our breakfast we go to the y or we go to story time and we come home we have a little bit of tv time with lunch and then we go to bed like we just it's just easier if i just get out of the house but Oh that's yeah, that's kind of yeah, that's a little. I'm sure that's helpful. Yeah. Um. Okay. So before I don't want to take up too much of your time, but what somebody had mentioned on there. So a good tip for you is your your rock analogy. So make sure your priorities are in place, and then every extra pebble, you need to make sure you're just constantly thinking about your jar of rocks. Mm-hmm. Um, big rocks. And then you mentioned the setting timers on your phone or settings and just making sure you set a time for your kids and that's what time you have with your kids or this is what time you have for your job and you have as much separated as you can or your job allows you. Mm-hmm. Um, so what about like your day-to-day, like just keeping up with your like chores and stuff? Does that fall in with your rocks or like kind of with cooking or cleaning or all those kinds of things? What do you yeah. do? That's a good question. I mean, kind of as you kicked it off, I'm an organization freak. So I I do yes, try yeah. to have efficient use of my time. Um, I work a side business too, Zaya, which used to be a yeah. bigger rock at the time. And it's slowly become a smaller rock. And once again, I have guilt on that. Am I serving my customers in the right way? Am I still giving this my all? I've had to remind myself, you know, this, I literally joined for fun. The extra cash was fun. Meeting people was fun. Like all of that was really nice, but this isn't a big rock for me. 
Um, but I've allowed for those things to happen because I keep to do lists. I mean, it sounds pretty lame, but I have, um, in the notes section of my phone, Monday through Sunday is plugged in and I drag and drop to do's in there and check them off as I get them done. That way, you know, when I have time, I'm fitting them into those little pockets instead of, again, like kind of mindlessly scrolling and before you know it, the night is gone and I, you know, I spent more time on social media than I did getting my kitchen clean so that I'm grumpy the next morning. And um, yeah, I mean, I can't say I'm always perfect, but certainly prioritizing those things. I think that goes along too with lowering expectations. I mean, for me, yeah. while I love to fall asleep with a clean kitchen and clean living room every single night, it's just not feasible. And so being okay with not being perfect, um, that has certainly helped. Um, okay. So as far as your, do you also like ask, like, does Derek help you in the house? You don't have to yeah. gaslight him or anything. Okay. Yeah. Um, Stairs. So does he have his own? <laughs> do list like do you make him a to-do list or does he just know like these are the my responsibilities no yeah great question um it's an ever-going growth opportunity for us i don't make him to-do lists i think he would be completely turned off by that some dudes may love it um i it's a balance between um i have to acknowledge that i'm gonna have to ask for help and as much as i don't want to do that um, and don't want to have to do that. That's a conversation we've had all the time. Like for me, I feel like I am constantly the one knowing what we're doing and having to propel things forward. Like, why am I the one that always has to say, okay, it's eight o'clock. It's time for bed now. Like, why can't somebody else take that responsibility some, um, yeah. at the same time, he doesn't always know my expectations. So he wouldn't know all of those things. So it's again, clearly communicating to him, my boundaries, my priorities and my expectations and in where, you know, I don't want to go to bed with dirty dishes in the sink. So sometimes he's great about doing it. And sometimes he's not in times when he's not, I just have to say, Hey, can you help me do this real quick so that we can both sit down? And I'm lucky yeah. he's a people pleaser. So he wants to, he just doesn't always know what yeah. to do. Now, if you have somebody who, you know, is kind of annoyed by being asked, then I think there needs to be a conversation again about priorities, boundaries, and expectations. Because it may be that we need to lower our expectations while at the same time they change kind of their expectations too to, to meet in the middle. That's a that's a whole other marriage advice. But I am blessed yeah. to have a husband involved um you know he works a similar schedule to me so typically we're home about the same time which is really helpful i can oh, imagine awesome. that yeah. yeah i'm sure for you right now especially with the holidays i'm sure it's crazy yeah. and yeah. again just trying to look on the positive side of that is you and ellie get a lot of good priority time and i bet when she sees him she's that much more excited um so just really yeah. trying to focus on the blessing in it all and knowing it's a season of time and that Absolutely. in in other times of the year he would have, have maybe more flexibility or this is a sacrifice that oh. we have to make because yeah. the pay and the benefits are good you know you just you just have to find those those rocks and everything else will fit in around it yeah i think the expectation thing is is nailing it on the head for us like like our when your expectations aren't the same like mm -hmm. 
somebody's gonna get pissed off or something's get someone's gonna feel overworked someone's gonna feel un- unappreciated and so when you have that set expectation of okay so i may have started off with too high of expectation then and then because timmy could care less if our kitchen is clean he doesn't care yeah, yeah. less if there's three dishes it doesn't bother him or like you know he doesn't think of any less of me as a person or as a mom or as a wife like you're home all day why didn't you get the dishes done like he wouldn't he doesn't think like that and mm-hmm. so but to me i think oh gosh sorry something just fell over um <laughs> i think oh my gosh i didn't do the dishes he's gonna walk in and think like like I don't appreciate how much, how hard he works so that I can stay home and blow. And it's just like all this, mm-hmm. when you don't communicate, you're going to have all these crazy, I'm an overthinker and he's an underthinker. So like, I just make these random things up. And so when we have that conversation of expectations, like I don't have so much pressure on, if I want the dishes done, then I'm going to do them for my future self. But I'm not going to do them because I think it's going to make Timmy happy. And yeah. and that's important, too. And, like, the only thing I want, I care about, my biggest expectation is that when he gets home, he has food. Like, mm-hmm. that's all he cares about. He mm-hmm. wants, I, I'm hungry. I'm ready to eat. And, and that's all that happens. He's like, this is great. Like, even if it's a frozen pizza, too. Like, that's also even nice. So, like, our expectations, we had to get on the same page and communicate, like, Hey, when you are off early, it would be nice for you to play with Ellie for about 30 minutes to an hour or for whatever, like do something with her so that you guys can have that one-on-one time. And then I can get something done in the house. Mm-hmm. And then I don't feel like I stuck her in front of the TV so I can clean. She's getting great time with her dad. And so, and then I'll do some cleaning instead of, you know what I mean? Even though the yep. TV is also fine. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's just my mom guilt in my head. So I think your expectations and knowing like you and your husband are on the same page as far as all your house responsibilities, because you're working just as much as he is. And so that's different. And so mm-hmm. I think that that's communicating your expectations is a key for your Communic- work-life balance. Yeah. Communication in general. I mean, and even though those conversations are difficult, I think the more passive we are about it, the less they're going to understand. And it's, it's just going to build and it's going to be this awkward bubble between the two of you. Um, yeah. I mean, luckily Derek's really easy to talk to. Um, he's, he doesn't say as much as I do. And so sometimes that gives me insecurity of well, what's he thinking? Cause he's not saying anything. Um, yeah. So we've had to work through that too. You know, like, do you think Timmy's I'm crazy the same way. break this up all the time? Yeah. I'm, I'm an overthinker too. And he's just a go with the flow. But it definitely is, um, you know, expressing our expectations, understanding each other's boundaries and priorities and realizing that even though those aren't going to be the exact same, we both want each other to be happy. So finding a way to make them work. Um, I mean, I do feel culture is shifting between having responsibilities of the men in the house versus the women in the house, which especially if women are in the workforce, um, you know, we've got to be cognizant of how that's going to shift things. So hopefully, again, you're married to somebody with similar values, and you'll be able to find that kind of happy medium, no different than finding a company that has the same values as you. Yeah, yeah. Just Ah, trade out your easily as a company. (laughs) Yeah, you can kind of like say see ya for yeah. You don't really want to say see ya, 
Right, yeah. There's a little bit more to it, but well, great. Okay, so I don't I don't want to take up any more of your time. I really appreciate you coming and talking with us about just what makes your life a little easier and maybe that could help someone out. Um, I haven't had a working mom on here, so I was really excited that you're like, sure, I'll do it. Because um, some people are like, can't be on a podcast, but I knew you'd be great because you've done all those things for Zaya and everything. So I just want to say thank you. And if you have anything last, anything else you want to share? No, I mean, if people have questions or want to chat about it some more, I'm open to it. Um, I, yeah. I mean, really, my mission within the why, as far as health goes, is I want people to have confidence and feel successful. Um, I have a passion for that in the wellness world. I know that finding a happy weight, a happy body image, and and all those things can be really difficult. And it's that guilt is no different than mom guilt. And I feel like I've learned the hard way, as many of us have through experience of really finding my own boundaries and and identifying who I am and and figuring out where my priorities are and trying to align all that together. Um, And I couldn't have done that on my own. Obviously, I had mentors and peers and friends and spouses and things alongside to help. So if if a community helps, I mean, I really admire this group that you put together to help moms. And so use this group, use these peers. Um, When you are alongside people with similar goals, and and understanding others and and connecting and finding commonalities that's what the human nature is designed for um so i just really encourage moms to prioritize that somewhere in their life at at whatever size rock they need so that they can serve in all the many ways they want to serve i'm so happy you came on i feel i feel more equipped as and i'm like (laughs) a stay-at-home mom so just imagine if you're working, like you could, I mean, you are working. So you just, you put this into your life and use it the best way you can. And so, yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. Okay. We'll see you later. Next time. Bye.